1: wow i could really use current i also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales i guess i'll just go to their website at current.tech hello welcome everyone to the distraction here on fightful.com youtube.com slash fightful i'm jeremy lambert joined as always the chubby chief joseph holbert joseph why is this a feature writer in your bio, like, Just I got to the- <laughs> <laughs> get the graphics department to change that. Like I, I need to Maybe I, I do uh, mm. tw- Twitter. Uh, Twitter nuisance is taken by O'Neill, but like Twitter yeah. retiree, Joseph Holbert.
2: Maybe the Terry Funk of this shit. Um, I have to say, <laughs> Jeremy, I'm a little bit alarmed because I'm looking at the comments that you've taught me how to see. And like a lot of people are here. And that makes me think they're here for another show. Are we, are we false advertising here? Thanks for being sure set.
1: As JJ has, has rightfully pointed out, favorite big stars. We are big stars. Joseph, never a fun time talking about release talent. There's enough great talent out there in the market for Joe and his vision, vision for NWA. Thank you for the incredible hard work. Joseph, who will we <laughs> signing to the NWA uh, out of the the people that got released yesterday? We need Billy to get Corgan.
2: Cur- yeah. Billy Corgan, big fan of the Braun Sherman. Of course. We need to get Curtis <laughs> Axel first, right? Well overdue, NWA guy. Um who would actually be the most I mean it's I don't even want to say it, but you know who it is, right? It's um, one of the women, but I'll leave it. Let's not do that here. Let's move on because we have a lot of positivity to talk about. As in people losing their jobs, which is not actually positive. Or well, why are we doing an hour about this? Because we have no recent to talk about. It because we only watch one show a week now, and we reviewed the pay-per-view on Twitch. And it's no longer on Wednesdays. It's actually now on Fridays. Meaning our Thursday show is basically useless. That's what. That's what we're talking about today. <laughs> who was the woman? Lana Corgan had many nice things yeah, to say about Lana one of the other too. ones. Oh, okay. All
1: yeah. right. Um, <laughs> uh guys a reminder leave us a super chat get your question comment statement read on air Leave us a thumbs up a thumbs up joseph there you go give us a thumbs up on the 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 gimmick there uh subscribe to the channel and also subscribe to patreon two different patreons go to fifo select where sean's breaking news all the time or you can go to distraction choice patreon.com slash the distraction where we're not breaking any news but
2: Joseph's doing shows with Bob O'Neill talking about Brock Lesnar for an hour. It was a good show. I like that. That is that is very much Bob's like expertise. You know what is interesting, Jeremy? He only broke down two... in the
1: middle of the show is what I heard. He I heard yes, he, he...
2: he cried. Yeah, Braun Strowman <laughs> has, has just left him <laughs> devastated. Um, it was interesting. is Only two, three months into Brock's run, they're doing, like, Heyman interference finishes. And I said to Bob, I was like, bro, Twitter would have a field day, right? He needs Heyman to beat Bubba Ray Dudley, like, <laughs> which is proof to what I've always said. WWE booking has never been Twitter-proof, has it? It would always be considered actually bad. But yeah. nonetheless, uh, that is a show we do. You can pay us a dollar or more to consume a collection of awful content.
1: Pay more. Give us all your money, everyone. Yeah. We're trying to buy the NWA. I feel like we're, we're pretty close to our goal. Man, I think I think we're almost there. Joseph's gonna defeat Nick Aldis for the NWA world's heavyweight title. Do you know who's <laughs> held that title, Joseph?
2: Uh Rice, Rhodes, Funk, Flair, Tim Storm, Adam <laughs> Brisco. Pearce. Briscoe. Yes, yeah,
1: Briscoe. Oh, Briscoe's always in there. Okay. Uh a, a unfortunate day yesterday, as for the third straight month. Did you know this, Joseph? Three straight months WWE has done releases. Braun Strowman, Lana... Alistair Black, Ruby Riot, Buddy Murphy, I'm forgetting, Santana Garrett were all released uh, yesterday. And then in September, they will be free. Who of this list surprised you, Joseph?
2: I'm going to do it. I'm going to do the the cynical, just kind of dismissive answer. No one surprised me because I'm aware of the system that's been built in front of us. And when I heard the phrase major name, we think very highly of a lot of guys on the Derby roster. There are very few legitimate major names. There are very few candidates that fit that bill to me and could be likely releases. And listen, I'm not going to name the other ones that can't mind because they, thank God they kept their jobs. Good for them. Braun is a guy who, had, as far as I know, had vanished after the pay-per-view. And this is not a scoop. Clearly, we're not reporters. We've got, you know, Sean Ross to do that on the site. He's fine <laughs> about us. But I think in terms of speculation... I think this Braun Strowman thing is, is more tactical than it may appear from the outside looking in, which we can get into okay, later on. But none of them surprise me because you have a system where effectively there are about six people that are actually not replaceable. And and honestly, that's probably a stretch. Like I'm not saying it's as a knock on the talent or a defence of the promotion. I'm for the talent. <laughs> I barely watch this product. What I'm saying is they have successfully built a, a structure in which what we see is the nuance of each talent. They just see as like a role that could be filled by any of the guys they sign every week for the PC. And it's a matter of, you can see the, the shift in approach, Jeremy, it's a matter of established expensive names, seemingly being rotated out for cheaper newcomers. Um, that rotation is not going very quickly or smoothly because the rosters look tiny right now by modern main roster standards, but we we have to be realistic about where we're at. Um, there's been a shift, man. They've changed their approach. It's a sudden change. So I get why people are shocked because, you know, a couple of years ago it was signed everyone. But, like, you, the, you know, the writing's on the wall. For whatever that is, the writing's on the wall in the sense that they've told us what they're going to do here. No, very few people are safe. And I don't mean that in a sort of threatening, ominous, dramatic way. I just mean it in a realistic – this is where we're at right now. For better or worse, this is where we're at.
1: Strowman was surprising to me because – the i mean he was just on wrestlemania against shane mcmahon like, that was a big match for them you, we, we talked about it in the lead up like they see shane mcmahon as like a big match mm-hmm. and they gave that spot to Braun Strowman. he just wrestled for for the title at wrestlemania backlash had a good performance in that match too like people were pretty high on Strowman coming out of wrestlemania and then wrestlemania backlash obviously when you get into the contract stuff and budget cuts and everything you see like all right they're paying him a lot, and like you said, like only a handful of these guys really move the needle. And, and Strowman, he he's just he's not one of those guys. And you see the reports of like, oh, they got Omos now. Like that that's just their big dude that they want to push. Like why why do we need Braun Strowman when when we have Omos to do that stuff or or Commander Aziz? Like why why do we need Strowman when we have these guys who are cheaper who we can fill this kind of monster type role. And so when you think of it like that, like you get it, Strowman was still surprising though. I thought that guy was just, he was going to be there forever. And, and I, I told you this through text and I'll, I'll say it here later uh, when we get into kind of where we think these people are going to go, I think he ends up back in WWE and I'll give my reasons uh, shortly after that one was surprising Lana, a little bit, because that was another one of like, yeah, she's probably just going to be in WWE, and that's just going to be her role. She just signed. But much like Strowman, she signed a new deal uh, in 2019, and that was a, I'm sure she got paid well on that deal. And if they're doing budget cuts, it's just it's unfortunately what it's got to be. Santana Garrett wasn't really being used. Uh, cool. Alistair Black. That one was surprising in a sense, like literally two weeks ago. He appeared yes. in the main event, and yeah. they they uh, run these vignettes for the last month, uh, hyping his return. And again, he's in the main event, and he cost uh he cost Biggie the Intercontinental Title. And so he's like, "All right, well, this is our program here." And then and then he's gone. And Murphy, like, he hasn't been on television since the Mysterio stuff. So that is what. But even before that, with Black, like, he was off TV for seven months. So they yes. they didn't have like too many plans for him. It, it seems pretty obvious, but. Yeah, the Strowman, Strowman was surprising, though, I must say.
2: So, here's the thing with Strowman. And uh, again, I want to put a disclaimer on this because I do appreciate we're on a big platform. None of us have a clue what's going on, Jeremy and I. That is, you know, we are We're just analyzers from the outside looking at him. That statement you said there, Jeremy, about I just always thought he's a WWE guy. I think the people involved in these decisions are smart enough to know that. And that's why he's the expensive guy that fell on the sword here. And and what I mean by that is here is a guy who, I'm not putting words into his mouth, has said some pretty disparaging things about some guys in the other promotion. A guy who's kind of alienated himself from that sort of culture would probably be the right word, you know? And in addition, a guy that while he is a star and there are a lot of young fans that love Braun Strowman and are going to miss him, he is not a guy the AW audience is just desperate for. Yeah. To me, this is a tactical move in the sense of it sends a message to the talent because, frankly, again, unless you're one of those five, six people, you're going to be looking at Braun Strowman saying, well, holy shit, he was just in, as you said, he just worked shame at man. He just did a WWE title match, you know? But when you combine that, they've achieved that part of it, they've cut the wage, and they've also let go of a guy that they're not particularly worried about Ado picking up for the reasons I just mentioned. I think they're aware of the perception of Braun Strowman, and I think that's hurt him here. Um, which, you know, lesson learned He was a guy who wanted to be loyal I'm not going to shame him for it Like he's, you know, he's been built in that system I'm not going to hear clown the guy I don't I don't believe in any of that The guy lost his job You know, I wish him well But I do think it's a factor, Jeremy I really do You know, this is not a guy That as he was released We saw the all-in, you know, graphics And the sort of excitement about Oh my God, imagine this match and that match, right? It was a guy who Immediately, in fact, everyone sort of went oh, what, What's Braun going to do? And you, your theory, you can get into now But I think that's relevant here I really do I, I could
1: see, you know, impact making a play for him. Yep. NWA. Corgan mentioned on Busted Open Radio, he's like, yeah, Strowman's a guy that would be a great fit in NWA. Uh, my theory is that he just ends up back in WWE because and he signed a big deal, reportedly over like a million a year. And if it's you know, if it's budget cuts, they they want that money to come down a little bit. Mm-hmm. But because he is loyal, because WWE is like always known, because he has made the remarks that he's made, I can see Braun just being like, "All right, uh, you know, I made two years worth of a million per year. Like you're probably kind of set there. Uh, You can take a little bit of a pay cut, and he may, and he may. All right, as long as I'm, I'm back here, I'm back in WWE. That's what I believe is going to happen with Braun. I think he ends up back in WWE. Would I be surprised if he goes to Impact? Or in WA, no, because they might mm-hmm. match his price, and they might, and you know, he might just take the money there. And if he does, you know, get on him, get the get get the bag, secure the bag, as the kids like to say, Joseph. Um, but I think he ends up back in WB. I'd be pretty stunned if he was in AEW. I just don't know where he fits, and I, the audience. I think Tony Khan is smart enough to know, like the audience with that one is probably
2: not not where it's going to be. Yes, the only part with AEW that makes it somewhat feasible to me is Mark Henry and Big Show being there, you know, because we know they're both huge supporters. Because, look, I'm not, you know, Henry's just got the job. But if if Mark Henry really fought for him, it would be interesting if that changes the dynamic any. But I think Impact is the really, I don't want to say the only option because it's dismissive of the other promotions, but it feels like the most likely of non-TV, as you pointed out. I mean, they're currently pushing um, W. Morrissey, you know, if they can do that, they certainly would push Strowman. Yeah, but I, t- I tend to agree with your instincts, Drew, that, that he's going back now. The thing, the guy that a lot of people seem most excited about, everyone, I think everyone who watches the show knows my takes. Knows that Buddy Murphy was the guy that I, as a fan, was like, I'm fired up to see what this guy does, and we'll get into him soon. But the the biggest one I think was Alistair Black. Would you agree? That seems to be one that most people are fantasy booking and kind of uh, trying to figure out, um, you know, what he's going to do. I'm not dismissing him as a guy that returns eventually, either. And I was, I was, in, you know, and, and this is not about what he said about, you know, dirty was up. It was a stressful day. I, you know, wish him the best. But just the way you saw about the company in general, it wouldn't surprise me if his decisions now are very much that of a guy who eventually wants to get back. You know, and that may mean that he does Ring of Honor in, or you know some stuff in Japan rather than all in, because you know they are viewed as the adversaries, and there's there's nothing wrong with that, but. I think he's an interesting one to go back what you where do you stand on him like what, where would you like to see him what do you expect to see him all that good stuff?
1: I think he does sort of an independent run to just kick off. Yeah. I do think he goes to a e w though mm. I don't know. I don't know what their budget situation is. You, you joked. I think it was a joke. He uh, joked that is, is WWE just trying to like kill AEW's budget by releasing all these guys. It's Russo being sent to WCW all over again. Joseph, that's what's really happening here. Um, I think he goes to AEW though. I think he has a lot of respect from his peers in that company. I, I think he, I mean, I don't know who is a difference maker, but like he's a guy that stands out on that roster. Um, I do worry that you you listen to some of Alistair Black's ideas, like he was talking on Twitch and even before this stuff, when he was uh, just doing like interviews and whatnot, like some of that stuff's got to be reined in a little bit. Wrestlers all think like their ideas are like the greatest ever. And there's a reason why some of them doesn't get through. Like I think Alistair Black has like cool ideas and stuff, but some of that stuff might need, just need to be reined in a little. And I think he could thrive with it reined in. In AEW.
2: So then it gets to a point. Oh, again, we'll get into the other names that are relevant here. But it then gets to a point of you would ex- with one of the biggest free agency pools we've seen in years. You'd expect at least two or three of these guys to land in AEW. You know, like I'm, I'm pretty confident that the iconics will be AEW. Really? I, I'm not. Interesting. Well, we'll get into that. We will get into that. But I, like, either way, a couple of guys are going to go there, right? Is, you know, law of averages and yeah. such. And the question is, with the contracts that were initially given in AEW coming to an end, it's like, do we see a genuine turnover of that roster where a lot of guys are just not re-signed? It's an interesting question because most of the guys, and by, like, genuinely a higher percentage of those guys that you know are still on the roster and such, have been featured enough that it would be weird for them to not be re-signed, right? Because everyone kind of is used a certain amount of protected... I think mean, there's a couple of names right your name here that are like you, you kind of feel like they've not been used enough to make it worth anyone's while. But that's a big factor here. You know, is this a case of the roster just keeps growing, or are we gonna see a lot of guys just like we're not releasing you, it's a matter of we're not re-signing you. That feels somewhat likely to me as we get more and more releases from WB.
1: I, I think this is very likely. Because like you said, the these initial waves of first contracts are coming up. Uh, the initial wave was three-year deals. Um they're either going to expire in January when the the company was was first announced, or the the first pay per view, like the first events. Which what, what was that? I know the first one was, I guess the first one was Double or Nothing, so that was May. I was thinking right. that was one of the the specials before that, but no, Double or Nothing was first. So they're either going to expire. Regardless, it's it's a year. It's about a year mm-hmm. or less when when they're going to expire. There are some guys on that initial wave. You're right that. They're just they're not being used that much, and they can probably not be resigned. Then AEW will just chug along, and they can add the, these WWE guys and kind of freshen up the roster and, and, and go from there. Like AEW is producing a lot of content. They they've got Dynamite. They, they're adding Rampage, which if it's going to be on the level of Dynamite, you're going to need some some guys to put on that show as well. Because I don't know how well the at 10 o'clock Friday, Dynamite didn't do like great, but I think it did okay for being, you know, first time and everything. And we'll see how the numbers are this week. And Tony Khan loves having the big roster too. I mean, mm-hmm. he gets these guys on the show, right? Even even though he has these big rosters, like there's still a spot for all of these guys. Whether that's good or bad, we've talked about many times, but there's a spot for all of
2: these guys on this roster. No, I agree. I mean, look, there's a couple guys that were in the main event of the last pay-per-view. That, you know, I think everyone knows where I'm going here. There was probably a guy on each side that you would not consider a main event guy. Not that it mattered, it was a faction match, but it still was a case of like, as deep as it is, I don't think they're in a position where it's like they can turn down supreme elite talent, right? Like, it's, you know, it's a great roster. They still feature guys that, in my view, are far inferior to the, the names we're talking about here. In, in some cases, not all, but in some cases, there are guys on the paper Sunday that I would I could easily switch out for some of these free agents and make the show better, in my view. And that gets into him. So you're, you're saying Alistair Black, you could see him, him going there. Buddy Murphy is a really interesting name to me because I, if I was to advise Buddy Murphy, I think he really is a guy that has the kind of an interesting choice. If he goes somewhere not AW, okay, he's an immediate top guy to me because He's in ring ceiling and just physical appearance as such, it makes perfect sense, right? I could also see him being a real player in Japan. Like a real I could see that, you know, like I think his style is such, and look, we all do the jokes about the uh, the Omega stuff, and it's a name, but like Joseph, did you real. know literally
1: everyone? Literally everyone calls him better Omega. There you go.
2: Everyone I mean, I didn't know about everyone, but no but Joseph, I, Joseph. Literally well, everyone. There you go. Um you know, and it's a meme, but it's a real thing, right? Like his, his style would fit there because a lot of his style has kind of been stolen, borrowed, or so borrowed from there. You know, and he's a guy who just size-wise, I could see him either going and doing basically doing what he did in the cruises with the juniors, because sometimes they love doing that. They they adore the, the guy that's definitely not a junior heavyweight going over and kicking the shit out of four Japanese guys. So I could see that I could see him being a top heavy, like he has options now in AEW. I think his ceiling is decidedly lower. Yeah. And I don't mean that as a knock on him. It's just like he feels like he's sitting there, would be where it should have been WWE, which is upper mid guy that has great TV matches. Good role. What does he want to do? Is the question.
1: What if New Japan just brings him in and just like, here's Kenny
2: Omega? I mean, (laughs) Twitter's tried. Maybe. (laughs) Like literally. They're
1: just like, guys, it's Kenny Omega. Like that, he's back. He's feuding with Kota Ibushi. He's doing Golden Lovers stuff. He's doing a feud with like Osprey. and Everything mm-hmm. coming, coming after the title. The Tanahashi matches. They do. They they run back the Okada matches and everything. It, that's that's what it is. They just
2: Imagine. bring him in. Is Kenny Omega? <laughs> Imagine he just does the Okada <laughs> matches again. They like just repeat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think he's a, a tremendous wrestler. A I, I redo, really and I think it, it's difficult because again, like. His value could be increased by going elsewhere and being an actual top guy, you know? So yes. This is the thing. I agree with the uh, dissident demon says I've seen Murphy's promo's top guy, he's a bit of a stretch. That's why I said elsewhere. Because like bro, I don't know if you've seen who's working on in Ring of Honor and Impact, but like they're not Ric Flair on the mic. Like you you can, you know, their presentation's different. Oh Ring AW of Honor. isn't really.
1: Yeah. Ring of Honor would be good. I mean that that promotion has very little buzz, but Ring of Honor would just be good for some some mm-hmm. good matches and everything. Yeah, he could easily be a top guy uh, yeah. on that show.
2: It's, it's different every you know every place, and that's why I think in AEW is it's clearly a, a lower spot. The question is if it pays better, he <laughs> yeah. would still be used because we know like that. The thing is, man, when you're a certain level of talent in AEW, the amount of mouths to feed may like slow your your kind of progress somewhat, but you're not going to get forgotten. Like you'll do stuff and you'll be cycled in and out. I mean, we spoke about it last week, but like Ethan Page, I mean, his first pay-per-view cycle, he he legitimately worked sting. <laughs> like yeah. If I'm a Buddy Murphy, I'm not going to be sitting there defeated about the fact they've got 100 guys. I'm saying, well, look, he just did it. I, I think I think he's the one that's most intriguing to me. Now, the one name, Jeremy Lambert, to me is like, you got to sign. The only one of all of these names that is a must-sign is Ruby. He's got really? it has to be. Go real ahead. quickly. Let me catch up on some super chats. Uh
1: Bud Ryan says, Wax and Vax, ready for hot boy summer. Congrats on the Sixers advancing Joseph and surviving a pod with Bob. Uh, you two got me through a lot this year. Things open up. I hope I can thank you all in person. Bud Ryan, we're going to be in, in full gear, right? I think that's a scoop. scoop. Not really a scoop,
2: but. I, I, I hope so. I'm in I Philadelphia so. for full gear, and I would be devastated if I miss saying, you know, in spectacular while being in the country. It would be brutal for me. <laughs> I will be. I,
1: w- I will let everyone know right now. I will be it all out. I will be at full gear if Joseph is there. If Joseph isn't going, then I might skip that one. You're, you're the only reason I'm going, Joseph. Don't let the people down. And I will be at a uh, WrestleCade, all out in Chicago. WrestleCades in North Carolina. So if anybody is going to any of those three events and, and wants to say hello, come hang out. I will be, and I'll be at, at SmackDown in Cleveland, uh, July 23rd. So. I'll be at all those events if you guys want to come say hi. Oh, my God.
2: It's like you do doing an indie bookings at the end of the show. Yeah, tour I, am. Like, you know, I
1: am. See me here, see me there, see me That's everywhere. right. I'm going to post my – I'm going to do that now. I'm going to post the schedule up on my Twitter, like, upcoming indie dates and <laughs> just <laughs> coming out, doing meet and greet, uh, all this fun stuff. Uh, Frank Aguilar says, I just want to thank you guys for the amazing content. Every week, the Patreon is worth every penny. Love the feedback you guys ask for also. Cheers. Thanks, Frank. Appreciate it, buddy. Um, and – that's everything okay uh ruby Wright. yes if you are if you are aw like you just you've 100% got to make that signing their women's roster has grown and has been um better o- over the past year and i don't think like this is like a big knock uh on them anymore like it's, it's probably still like the knock because people are going to knock them for something and that's still what it's going to be but their women's roster has really turned it around over the last year You've still got to sign Ruby because she's she has a different aesthetic than all, all these women that you have, and she's really great in ring. She's,
2: you know, honestly, people will not believe this, but it's the truth. She's really quite special in, in a way that, honestly, very few of these names are. I mean, they're all great talents, but they're very familiar in, in a lot of ways. You know? I mean, I just talked about how great Buddy Murphy is. It's not a, a kind of unique role that he feels. He's a great match guys. It's fine. Ruby Riot is someone that, as you said, she's got a different dynamic, but more than that, she's a tremendous promo, which was something they tapped into when she first came out as a heel and they just kind of got away from But She's a very good promo. She's someone that's able to inject emotion into her stuff, which is a dying art in itself. She can be a great sort of underdog babyface or a bitter, spiteful heel, and as you said, her work is tremendous. In fear of being hyperbolic, they haven't I don't know if you've got a thing like that you could say is objectively better than Ruby at all of the you know, different things that you would look for in a pro wrestler. Her run is such that people don't quite appreciate where her ceiling is. You yeah, because her run was basically initially it was someone they trusted, and then as soon as she came back, it was legitimately a case of just like they never had any plans for Ruby. Right? All they did was they put her with Liv when they stopped having plans for Liv. That was you know, that was about it. So Ruby, to me, as is, is silly as it sounds, because there's some incredible, incredible names out there, for AEW, she's the top priority, man. Like, I've got guys that can do similar stuff to Alistair Black or Buddy Murphy, maybe even Samoa Joe. But Ruby Riot is a premier female talent for a division that, yes, it's got better, and it's good. It isn't Skill wise, it isn't a level where you can pass on Ruby really Riot for me. I think it will be a genuine miss, Jeremy, if they do not get her. I really do. To me, she's like the the one that I go immediately, you've got to try and make that deal happen. Especially when you add like everything I just said and then sprinkle over it with the fact that she's like the most beloved wrestler in the industry. You know, like, yeah, it's a special, it's a special talent, a special person. So that's what I'm hopeful for. Of
1: all the people that, that got released yesterday, like I saw more messages and, and, you know, a lot of the peers were commenting overarching and they did leave singular comments but like ruby got just got so many positive comments Mm -hmm. uh after being released yesterday and yeah it seems like she's beloved by everyone and her work is different than everybody else and yeah i think if you're AEW, that's that's a way you have to go and that's somebody you definitely need to sign because the women's division is still a weak point for them compared to the rest of the roster Adding her is a is a definite upgrade and a good get for them. People are, are going to mention Lana. The, the the Miro tie is clearly there. Here's my hot take on Lana Joseph. I don't think she does wrestling. I, I think mm-hmm. she goes entertainment routes. Um, Miro's making, I'm sure, good money from AEW. She's made good money in WWE. I know she. I know she really loves wrestling. She's worked hard to improve and everything. She just seems like such a WWE person that. I, like, I don't think the AEW women's division is really fit for her. You know, if you're going to use her as a manager, tie her with Miro, like, that seems weird with the, where he's at right now. I guess if you should go to Impact or, or something, you know, ROH needs all the help they can get with their women's division. I really think she's just going to go the entertainment route. She's been in movies. She likes doing television, everything. She talks a lot about all the acting classes and stuff. I think that's, I think that's where she goes.
2: I just... I, I'll say this. I don't disagree with your, your general point. I think you'll be proven correct. I'd be really surprised if she doesn't make at least an appearance in AEW, to be honest. Fair. Yeah. Like fair. I, I, You know, I could easily see her showing up for the finish of a Miro match. And the thing with the Miro deal is it's impossible for your mind not to immediately go to Rusev and Lana on WWE TV. Right. It's like that could be a whole lot cooler and more casual it was in WWE you know like Miro's basically this badass guy that looks like a beast and like now he would just have his wife next to him I don't it doesn't have to be a case where she's cheating on him and you know he's got something all his dick and all this terrible <laughs> shit like, like it could literally just be that and and that's where you you know and I don't disagree with you I've seen everyone say it but it's like we all have to sort of retrain our minds right it's yes. like she's not going to be you know waving the Russian flag and doing a bad accent it's it, it could literally just be, here's Miro's wife, <laughs> it and she could wrestle matches. Look, people one, say, oh, Melana, I I think her work is absolutely just fine. It's a TV, she's a TV wrestler. She's fine. There's a whole lot worse on Dark and Dark Elevation, to be frank. Okay, So I, I, I could see her doing stuff, but I, I generally agree with your point that she's probably the most likely of the group to, like, just be like, it was fun, wrestling was fun, we go do other stuff now, you know? And either way, I don't think it matters either way. In fear of being dismissive, of Melana, I don't think, you know, I'm not sure there's many people that are like waiting on the edge of their seats for that announcement. It's like, she'll do what she's going to do. I think she'll be fine. What do we
1: make of, I mean, they release these people and there's talks of the sale. Is that what you think they're gearing up for here? Like, do you think, let let me say, let me ask this in three years is WWE sold within the next three years?
2: I would say Yes. I would say instinctually, but I, you know, obviously, I don't know. I, I've seen kind of contrast and take from people that are more informed. No, I, I, it certainly is the landscape for it, right? I mean, we've seen these kind of, and just to, I guess, people are aware, right? The ideology would be to use them as an example: at NBC Universal, rather than paying broadcasting rights for Raw or SmackDown. Would buy the company in order to just then they own that content and they can distribute as they want. Basically, it's just it's, it's like a big you know chessboard and these, these big monsters just picking up pieces. It, that's really what it is. I think it it's really hard to read because none of us have a clue where Vince is at ever, yeah. let alone now, right? Because you hear some stuff and you know this better than I do. You transcribe a lot of it. Some of the stuff suggests he's like barely, like he's barely there. You know, he's not on TVs and stuff. And then you hear Jimmy Smith say, well, Vince was in my ear. and It's very difficult to know how hands-on he is, especially when so much time is being cut, which is very much in contrast to seemingly their approach over the last decade. My instincts are, though, that the, the media landscape suggests it would make sense, that they're already half kind of, you know, got a leg in bed with, with the Peacock deal. You know, it, it kind of provides a bridge in that regard. So I would say yes but I'm nowhere near enough to be like, it's happening. You know, like it could literally just be a case of a non-wrestling guy saying, why are we paying this guy seven figures? And again, wrestling people, those of us watching this show, us doing it, we may know the difference between an Alistair Black and a Carrion Cross. Let me tell you, man, <laughs> the guys that are looking at them numbers, they don't give a shit about those differences. And that may frustrate you, but it's the truth, right? And let me stress again, I'm not defending the company. What I'm saying is it's a, it could literally be as simple as they've been spending money on guys they don't need a whole lot, and a new non-wrestling guy that I will not name because he gets very mad. <laughs> he may have came, came in and just gone, why are we doing this again? That seems awful likely to me, Jeremy. I mean, I think a sale could happen, but that just seems like it could be explaining itself.
1: I mean, there's clearly been sweeping changes under yeah. Nikon. And not only like sweeping changes, like just the thought process. You mentioned earlier is like, a year ago, two years ago, it was like, all right, sign everybody, keep them away, and just hoard all this talent. Now it's like, hey, release the guy that just wrestled for the WWE title on a pay-per-view a month ago. Release the guy that just wrestled Release the guy that we just brought back to television in a main event spot two weeks ago. Like it's it's clearly changed. You're right. Is it they could just be looking at the books and be like, uh, okay, who's who's moving here? We're paying this guy this much. I don't, I don't know about that. I think they do get sold. I don't know about three years. Maybe I was a little under on that. But I don't know how Vince is clearly like hand on, hands on still, with like the creative stuff, because you hear all these stories. But you're right. Like when it comes to television, you'll hear stuff like, oh, yeah, Vince wasn't there this week. You listen to the, the financials calls and everything like Nick Khan runs those things. Vince doesn't say like two words on those anymore. He gives a little opening statement and then he's like, all right, Nick, you're, you're running the rest of it. Like he runs that stuff. Now I feel like he's running a lot of these business decisions and Vince is still kind of running sort of the, the day to day uh, when it comes to creative, when he, when he shows up to the Rawls and the SmackDowns, but I think Nick Khan's really running that executive stuff and maybe he's positioning for them for a sale. I think he's just positioning them as he's running this like it's Hollywood or he's running this like it's a big business and he's not thinking about like, oh yeah, this is a little mom and pop like wrestling organization. Because they've been, I mean, Bully Ray has called them that before. Like when the McMahons run it, like they still, they thought it was like a small business thing. They talked family or whatever, but they looked at it as a wrestling company. Nick Khan's in here. He's like, no, we're we're an entertainment company here. Like Vince, Vince calls it sports entertainment. Nick Khan's like really running it like sports entertainment.
2: So this is where, in fear of getting into a subject far too big for our shitty show, I think it's a it's worthwhile to make the next step on this. Okay, you said, and I agree with you. It appears that Vince is still running the day to day creative. Now, look, guys, wrestling is subjective. You can like what you want to like. With all due respect, what the fuck is the day to day creative for that company? <laughs> and I, I mean this in the most sincere, non-sort of dramatic, you know, elaborate way possible. What does that mean? Because I, I don't watch those TV shows, but it, it appears to me that there is a whole lot of legitimate recycling. It's legitimate. It's, day to day, Joseph. It's okay. What are we doing today? What do do, what, but what are they doing on a day? You know, like it, I just don't understand. There's no idea Jeremy. Again, it's day to day. It's all right. What what yeah. are we doing today? It doesn't matter what we did yesterday. It doesn't
1: matter what we're doing. <laughs> we did last week. It doesn't matter what we're doing tomorrow. What can we do today to
2: put yes. content out there? That's what it is. But, the, but the, I, I agree with that theory in the sense that, yes, it's clearly changing every day, but what is actually changing? There's no ideas. So it, I, I'm genuinely, guys, super chat or just I'll try and sit in the comments. I'm befuddled by this, okay? It's pretty obvious that Roman Reigns and his on-screen ally, Paul Heyman, have got good control of what's going on because it's yeah. a different thing to the whole company. Yes. All right. So I can note that. I'll, I'll put that in its corner as a good creative idea. Because I like the Roman Reigns stuff, folks. I've praised it many, many times. Maybe not on here, but on Twitch, many times. He's great. I love Roman. Reigns. The USO stuff's fabulous. Great. Put that over there. What is? What's the overarching ideas in the promotion? Like, and I, I know you. I'm not saying like daring you to answer because I know you don't give a shit. But like, genuinely, can we try and figure this out? Because from where I stand, it's just like they just do. They kind of do feuds. But they do matches. They do matches. Yeah, like they like awesome. have been, they've been feuding for three months. They're not having a feud, right? They just wrestle. Yeah,
1: them exactly. Like they're just doing matches. Like there's no—there is no creative. No, there's just, not. Just like what matches are we gonna kind of do? You know? Yeah. Who can we yeah. pair with who to do matches for this week on television, and then we'll do the same match next week on television. That's. Yes. Like, that's where they're at. You take away, you're right. Like, you take away the Roman stuff. People praise SmackDown. I watch SmackDown every week. I got to review SmackDown every week. You take the Roman stuff off that show, it's the same show as Raw. It's the same matches every week. It's the same dumb finishes. It's the same nonsensical stuff. But Roman and his stuff is so good that people are like, oh, yeah, SmackDown. Good show. Huh. And Roman, credit, thank God, does take up like 40 minutes of the show. So it's like, all right, yeah, you know, the majority of the show isn't that bad. But mm-hmm. it's... It's all the same. Like NXT's gotten to that now. I, I said it the other week. I was like, NXT it, it hoodwinked me. Thought the show was good. No, it's just it's the same. It's the same <laughs> stuff you get on Raw or, or SmackDown. No, I called it. it was, I, ca- I called. There was a triple threat match. Number one contender. I was like, Oh, cool. Adam Cole is gonna come out, and this is gonna be it's gonna be a four way. And they just skipped that step. They're like, eh, Instead mm-hmm. of doing a fatal four way number one contender, we'll just do a big five way match at, at the, the takeover. Yes. And that's in two weeks. It's like Karen Cross doesn't have an actual feud. It's just like, all right, here's here's the top four guys that we think, and we're just gonna put them all in a match. It's just, it's, it's the manatees. The manatees are pushing the ball uh, across the across the little tank that they're in, and and coming up with these
2: ideas. That's all it is. Okay, but here's the thing: I, I don't watch NXT closely enough. I do believe, right or wrong, there is some sense of like. Wrestling ideology to an XT. I don't think they're particularly good at television. Weekly TV, two hours, okay? But I do think that in NXT, XT, there are people that actually would say, We really like this guy. He's a good promo, he's a good work, whatever it may be. We'll feature him here. We like this guy over here, you know, we're gonna we're gonna put him up top. This guy, we're not so sure, we'll take him off. I this may sound insane. I do not believe these things exist in the main roster anymore. I do not, because Braun Strowman was just in a pay-per-view main event, which tells me whoever put him in that pay-per-view main event, put him there because Braun Strowman has been in pay-per-view events before and, and <laughs> the booking is legitimate and I need to stress, people can say all about DWB for the last 20 years. It has got much worse because to me the booking now appears to just be this ensure that everyone treads water. And it's like I can't even tell you like what the ideas are. Like I can't see who's getting pushed up. I can't see who's. I can't even see who's being like brought down. Everyone's just like this. It's been that way now for a while. And and I will say, I remember when we started this show and Heyman was doing the um, was doing Raw. You could whether you like that show or not, and Heyman definitely showed at times that he's like not what he was. But some of his shit was it was so obviously poorly, like just France up the wall. But like there were still guys you could tell getting pushed on that show, right? Yeah. I have no clue what the equivalent is now. It is a product that is paused. And so while I understand what your point is about, you know, um, it's day-to-day creative, everything's changing. It's like, but what is changing? Because I, I look at the shows, okay, clearly one of the writing crews, or maybe it's Bruce himself, enjoys doing the stuff with Alexa. And that's like an, that's his own thing. And it's, you know what I think about folks, I don't want to get into it here, but, you know, it's, it's, it's what he it is. He's there. Okay, I'll accept that. Bob and Drew are having you know just lifeless, just back and forth because they need to fill these months before they get back on the road. And is that what we're doing here? We're going to pretend it's about the road again, like the same way that in twenty nineteen it was about Fox. When we get to Fox, yeah,
1: they're dangling, they're dangling the carrot. It's like TNA all over again. Oh, when yeah. we get TNA when we get television, when we get prime time. They're, they're the new TNA. Joseph, WWE know. is now TNA. <laughs> no. Just dangling the carrot of, all right, yeah, Fox. Oh, okay, when we when we get back on the road, when we – the WrestleMania, like that's, that's
2: all it is. Mm-hmm. I just – I know I'm rambling, folks, and I apologize, but this is why I'm not surprised when all these poor men and women get cut because they aren't sitting there talking about wrestlers the way we talk about them, you know? Some of the writers might be, but guess what? They have no say. They're just going to suggest stuff and do their best. Like, do you really think, honest to God, do you think anyone in that front office was like, we can't cut Ruby right? She's a great promo and has good matches. No, they don't give a shit. They don't, they're just literal cogs on the wheel, And that's why I have tried my best to talk about it less on here, the television, because firstly, I do not watch it anymore because I, I just, it's not for me. But when it comes to these discussions of overarching, it's like, It's such a cliche to say B is not a wrestling company. But at some point we do have to analyze what the idea of a wrestling company actually is because granted wrestling may now have become to be successful in wrestling. You need to make a lot of content and basically just fill hours. It's the reality of the situation. AEW is about to do it. They're going to have four shows very soon. And trust me, those two YouTube shows, they would like to sell those two. That's that's wrestling. That's content. That's media. Fine. At the same time, what is it you like about wrestling? Not you particularly, but just the general folks we're talking about here, like the 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 dialogue we're discussing. What of it is replicating on WWE TV? Because I do not see the things that I'm – I mean, it, it's just a stagnant flat line. And with that, I would be concerned if I was one of the talents on there because it's like there's no – you know, as you just said, a guy was in the main event basically of a pay-per-view and was cut three weeks later because it's like, yeah, well, of course he's in the main event. He's a top guy here. You just cut him. Like, there's no, you know, there's no guy fighting his corner. It's just, you're just going in circles, filling hours with no sort. Of, and that's why I think there's such apathy towards the product. I know this has become a rant. And I try not to do that, but it's just, I don't know, Jeremy. I, I really do feel like now more than ever, it's time to discuss like what this even is that we watch. Or I don't, I don't even try to. But what people <laughs> watch on Mondays and Fridays, if you like it, by the way, God bless. That's not, you know, I like terrible shit, but it's just. I can't put my finger on it, Jeremy But You're going to have to help me here. But, I, you know, I, I read these I'm, takes and I just, I just don't get it.
1: Well, I'm not. I'm probably not the person to ask because, know, you, yeah. you know, like I yeah. when it comes to the television, I don't have to watch Raw anymore. If right. if I end up turning it on, I, I turn it on. Sometimes a girlfriend wants to watch it. i like, all right, sure, we'll, we'll throw it on um, Smackdown. I have to watch. But but like I said, like I like the rain stuff. I have fun with some of some of the other stuff, but I don't I don't get attached to any of this. I think for the same reason that you don't get attached to a lot of this is it's just like, why why bother? Things are gonna change very soon. Right. Like plan, plans always change, the day-to-day always changes. I, I have no reason to get attached to these people. Covering it as much as I do, I just also don't want to get an attachment of like if something happens, I don't wanna feel bad. Uh, mm-hmm. about that and have it having to cover that and everything so i just try not to get attached to to any of these wrestlers or, or whether on screen or off um yeah i'm i'm the wrong person to ask this, especially when it comes to wwe because i i don't watch a lot nxt like i like some of the guys in nxt i will say that like i i like adam cole i i have no problem I- admitting that oh. but i'm not going to be attached to adam cole and be like oh he lost so I'm really mm-hmm. sad now. I'm really just where's Adam Cole go from
2: here. It's like Adam Cole just this lost, super, and now he's just yeah. right back in the title picture. Where he's going is so, you know, the it, same place he was. You've nailed it. And this is why it's interesting. I, folks, I've been I've been very, very honest about you. The only show I consistently watch at this point is Dynamite. Okay. So I am inherently biased, right? Because it's the only show I watch. There are very few acts on Dynamite if you lined up the WWE equivalent in terms of just sheer talent, I wouldn't go, I'll take the WWE guy because that talent is elite. Okay. They are, they are used in such a poor fashion that I, and you just now. I do. I have no connection to these people. There are yeah. guys on AEW and you know, Jeremy, I'm talking about here that I truly, my brain's almost trained not to give a shit about. And yet the product is such that I actually do care. <laughs> I actually do <laughs> And this is not fed bad AEW good. It's the same. Impact makes the most of, like, a very limited roster, you know? Ring of Honor does in in the same way. And so what I'm saying is I'm not saying this is right or wrong. I'm giving you my subjective take on things. I do think I'm speaking for a lot of people when I say it because I see a lot of this apathy. We like the talent. We find ourselves at a point where we feel actually unable to care because we have no faith and i'm sorry but if you think we're we're wrong for that alistair black just closed smackdown at an angle he's not on the roster anymore and if you think that as a fan i should passionately wait seven months for alistair black to return to shoot an angle that he's then fired days after i listen man i you got a lot more patience than me because <laughs> i don't want to be getting on here and getting mad and angry about oh they screwed us back like I'm thankfully unsurprised by the whole thing because it's very much on brand for me. So I don't, I don't know where, I don't know where this conversation has gone from. I apologize, but it's just, it's, it's a shame because I think both of us, if we put together a big board of wrestling talent, we love, I think so much of it is hosted in that company. And it's such a shame that they have rendered so many of them to be complete cogs on, on this big wheel. And it's just, there's no identity. There's no creativity. There's no kind of sense of personality or it's just a shame. It is a real, real shame. And I I mean that, you know, I'm not just doing it because that's what we're supposed to say. It actually bums me out a little bit. But
1: anyway. The only, the only story WWE can tell nowadays is the story of we held this person down for however many years. And then finally they broke through. Like it wasn't their own fault that they just weren't in this good position. This entire time. I mean, that people talk about that Liv Morgan documentary where they just basically said like, yeah, our creative was terrible. We didn't know what we were doing with her. She kept trying. She kept fighting. We, we ruined her confidence. They talk about this all the time with Rhea Ripley. Like They, they did with Tamina. Tamina's like, you know, oh, I was so thankful to finally get this title. I never thought I was going to get it. And Vince, you know, I finally saw it in me. Like, you've been in the company for 11 years. You could have done this five years ago and granted like she improved she worked hard and everything but this is Kofi the same thing this is what they're gonna do Bobby mm-hmm. this, this is what they're gonna do Alistair Black's gonna return in like six years uh, you know when he's 40 and he's gonna finally get the title and be like oh what a journey for Alistair Black right. you know he, he worked so hard he finally did it and it's like he was really good 10 years ago at his peak and you could have done this with him and it didn't happen. This is why I do feel bad for like, we, we fall some stand accounts, Joseph. They're, they're all over our time. We, I feel bad for some of these people. Like, they're just like, oh yeah. man, they're doing this to my favorite. Like at one day, they're going to get this chance. They're going to get it. They're going to get it. I'm just like, man, there's probably not honestly, like not right now. Like,
2: it's oh, just, yes. It's so it's we tough. can use an example on this. Um, Last week on SmackDown, the Riot squad lost again. They lost again, by the way. Days after Natalia and Tamina
1: were on uh, Renee's podcast and praising both of them, and to the point where a another website ran the article that said, "Oh, Natalia may have spoiled the next women's tag team Mm champion." Like that's like. That's the headline they ran because they were praising them so much and making it seem like Natalia really did. She's like, you know, we won these titles for Ruby and Liv. Like, we love them. We hope they win the titles. Like, we want to give them that opportunity and stuff. And then they're on SmackDown two days later in a non-title match, losing in two minutes, and then Ruby gets released.
3: Yes.
2: I have friends that had fantasy booking plans fueled by the WWE.com. Things have got to change around here, Liv promo that ruby did you know and listen i will stress again if you have the patience to follow those narratives that are being legitimately created by at most a writer and the wrestlers but most likely the wrestlers i i admire your patience i am no longer at a point where i will do such a thing okay (laughs) and if i'm wrong for that maybe i am I would never frame this show as a very, very professional, fair look at the industry because I don't watch enough of the industry. I'm telling you why me as someone that was into the product enough when a lot of critics didn't like it. Mere years ago, Jeremy, I went to New Orleans to watch WrestleMania and nearly died. <laughs> and, and, you know, critics wasn't, they weren't high on then. I really, and people may disagree, I really think it's got infinitely worse even since then. I remember the summer of 2017. Roman, Brock, Braun, and Joe, and you sit there and you say, and this is just, look, guys, again, we love Roman. This is just one point in time. Okay, here's our options. We could make Braun Strowman and have him beat Brock Lesnar, or we could make Samoa Joe as an older guy that the audience is filling. We could, you know, strike all the irons hot and roll. What did they do of those? Neither. In fact, they didn't even get Roman the win because at WrestleMania he lost. <laughs> they waited another year. <laughs> and it's like... You can only for me anyway, with each generation of fans, because each group of like each era of fans has different points. You can only so many times close the door on the audience, I feel, and be like, No. Before each crop of fans is like, you know what, I'm cool now, you know. I don't need to I don't need to be and I see it on social where it's like the point I reached maybe two years ago, I see very loyal WWE fans reaching that same point now. And it will be the same in two years from now and a year. and a, You know, it's just a case of, it's like a, it's, you know, it's just, it's soul destroying. It's too dramatic, but it's, it's kind of, it flattens you a little bit. You know, it's like, you, it's wrestling, man. You want it to be escapism rather than, I seriously hope I don't fuck this up every week. That's just not fun. To me, it's not fun. That's why we had that conversation weeks ago about long-term planning. I don't like to watch the product in fear that it's about to go bad. I'd rather not do that. I like to just watch the product. But that's just me.
1: Even, even the wrestlers don't know what's going on. You like, we joke, we joke about the, the dusty promo on raw talk, right? Like we, we, we joke about it. Peyton Royce uh, in her interview, she's like, I didn't get that Oscar match because of that promo. Like she, I, you know, I don't know. I'm sure she was told to cut it or maybe she just cut it to try to create some buzz for herself. If that's the case, good on her. She's like, I didn't get it. Cause of that promo was like, someone got COVID and she gave me the match and that was that. And she wasn't used again. It's like, the, like these wrestlers are trying. They're trying with different stuff. Alistair Black said it on on Twitch yesterday. He's like, he posted the little vignette on uh, Instagram, mm-hmm. and, and WWE they liked it. He had talks with them about using it on television. And then they're just like, I know, you know, we'll just kind of hold off on that and not explain things. Like these wrestlers are trying and everything, and they're trying to get the fans involved and they're trying to get them hooked in of like trying to make sense of stuff and, and getting themselves over and whatnot. It doesn't work. None of it works. And it sucks. Like I I feel bad for all these wrestlers. And I I I legitimately feel bad for the fans who like still want to hold out hope that their favorites are gonna are gonna get this shot.
2: Like I do. Yeah. So this one I think's interesting is on an objective kind of wrestling critic level, I have I think enjoyed a lot of WWE pay-per-views in a row. It's just wrestling shows. So what we're talking about here, guys, we're not saying the product is like it's just there's no good. We, like, we, we agree the talent's great, and we like watching them wrestle. Or I do anyway. Jeremy may not. I don't know. What mood is in. But
1: I don't like any wrestling. You know that, Joe. Yeah,
2: this is fair. So that's where I'm at. So I'm not saying the product hasn't got like positives. What I'm saying is we, we're trying to talk about it in terms of like, big picture, your interest, your emotional investment. What I think is interesting about where we're at now is when NXT got hot, while there was a fear that they would mess up these new stars, I do think there was an optimism at that time. An idea that their mindset had changed, the kind of approach had changed, there was new voices creatively, there was fresh talent. And not only is that in the fans, I think in the locker room, I would hate to consider the effect of what these recent releases have done because, frankly, a group of... Whether they came from the indies or a, a you know bodybuilding gig or whatever. There was a lot of guys and girls that came through the PC at the same time. And in that time, very few releases happened, right? They were they were one. And I honestly believe as naive as it sounds, I honestly think these people view themselves as they're a family. Because they're all together doing this gig. When you start cutting some of the people they've cut that are beloved pieces of that puzzle, you do not only use the optimi- lose the optimism of their fans, I think Internally, there's there's no good way to cut spin that you know. You've seen the reaction in the talent; they can only say so much. But like, there are some people now that are full time, you know, only ever worked for WWE, guys and girls that have legitimately had like ten to twenty of their fa- their friends fired that they yeah. think the world of as talents. And I think you know it's easy for us to just sit here and, and maybe there's some truth here. We just say, well, it's always been bad. Who cares? And I sometimes am guilty of that, right? I just don't oh, give a shit. But I do think this is a kind of a moment in time where it's like, but there was not an, an out here. There was an escape because a few years ago, it felt like things could actually change. And instead, I mean, you talk about apathy. It's just the dialogue, whether it, I mean, I saw blame me for it, Jeremy, but the dialogue is, it's sad. It's frustration. And I'm not talking about guys like you and I who are cynics and don't give a shit. Anyway, I'm talking about people that want to like the product, people that are fans of the wrestlers and the brand they're wrestling for, want to like the show, and the most stuff I see on my social is, oh, they cut this person I like, they did this shitty thing. I don't like, look, I'm pretty confident this will not affect their business because that's just not really where we're at. The viewership of- is right. Yeah, but it's, you know, it's things are. like, it's just right. people will get paid a lot of money for a lot of shit. But I, well, I do think it's a real shame that there are people that actually enter the product with positivity and optimism, and they're constantly getting basically just Nothing in return, you know, and I I think that's a real bummer for the industry at large. Now, what I will say is, and this is, you know, obviously relevant for people who got cut. Thankfully, we're at a point where the industry is maybe not, maybe it's niche, maybe it's not growing, but it's healthy in terms of options, right? And wrestling will be better for the fact that there is a higher level of talent spread across the wrestling world, and that's the truth of it, it will be because. WWE runs a very um, – how do I put this? It's not simple, but it's, it's quite broad strokes, pro wrestling. And we do not need wrestling's McDonald's to hire the best chefs in the world. Okay? <laughs> I have some of them. They don't need 400 of them. This spread This – I'd like the wrestling minds. i like to go a guy like Mark Henry who's one of the great scouts going elsewhere. It doesn't have to be AEW. It doesn't have to be Impact, Ring of Honor, New Japan, wherever. Wrestling is healthier for the standard of talent being higher in other companies. And as a fan – you should just watch what you enjoy. Everyone's taste is different wherever you can find a joint. But it's a, it's a, it's our job, I think, to just like realign what we feel of just, it's a bummer. We don't want anyone to lose their jobs, We're, but we all need to also be, let's get excited for what they're going to do next. These are all some talents, man. They're going to kill it. You know, let's get fired up for that.
1: And that's sort of the consensus with a lot of people. I mean, the, especially the people who who have been released over the last year. Diana's very quickly to say things, Cardona, FTR, they're all very quickly to be like, like, it's gonna suck. It's gonna suck today. Might suck tomorrow. Might suck a, for a week or so. Like once that thirty days or ninety days, sorry, is up, and like you have your options, and you see what's out there, and you see like what you're able to do elsewhere, whether it be in the wrestling world or whether it be in entertainment. Because, I mean, take Renee Re- Renee for example. She couldn't mention her husband in the book. She could not say John John Monksley in her book while she was still in WWE. Like you got to get that shit approved while you're still at WWE outside of there, you don't have to get the approval on this stuff. So people can flourish out like Cardona. I mean, he's doing fine and impact, but he's also got like 20 podcasts now Mm. that he does that. He doesn't have to worry about, you know, okay, what's WWE going to say about this? Like Mickey James, kind of the same way. Like you can, you can do a lot of this stuff outside of WWE. It sucks to lose your job. The immediate of it is very, very harsh, but like a lot of the talent who has been released has said like, you're probably going to flourish outside mm-hmm. of this stuff if you put your mind to it and if you just follow through with things. Because there are many options, whether wrestling world, podcasting world, entertainment world, there are so many options out there. And they've had the WWE platform to where like, they kind of have a name and they kind of mm-hmm. have a jump start over, over a lot of these people. So I think, I think all these people are going to do good things. And yes, that's, that is what I'm excited for. For them yeah. because i think these people are going to be i mean i i do think some are going to end up returning but the people that that don't and maybe a guy like braun if he returns he'll be better off for it too but mm-hmm. I, the people that end up going elsewhere and doing other things they're going to find that creative freedom that they want and they're going to be able to just perform they're going to be able to wrestle that's a that's what a lot of these people want how many times did like ftr and all these guys just say like i don't care about titles and stuff like we just want, want to perform weekly. Like we just want to have matches. And you guys are just aren't even letting us doing that.
2: And look, we have a lot of fun at the expense of having big Billy Corgan. But while I don't know if he belongs at the table of the major non-WB promotions... Oh, man, he was... Right. But <laughs> I, Look, I, I understand this. There's an issue with him involving himself. I get that. But there is a truth to his message, isn't there? In the sense that while well, B attempts to host four brands of professional wrestling, five, sorry, five, four, it's very unlikely, though AEW now has got you know, so many wrestlers, it's very unlikely that one promotion is going to produce a roster that can stand up in terms of depth, in terms of variety, and all these good things, okay? But if you can, it doesn't have to be everyone sharing, like every week, but if you can just be open-minded about what wrestling can be and understand the audience has changed. They're not going to think Leo Rush sucks if he loses on a dynamite. This could be a special era of wrestling. Now, again, let me stress, that doesn't mean it won't be niche. That doesn't mean we won't still be sweating bullets when they pull 800,000 viewers or whatever. What it means is as an actual product, we could be entering a very unique time where everyone is just a little bit more open-minded and says, how about we actually do this match? You know, how about we actually ignore the fact that one of these guys has got to lay down and let's do a match, let's do a super show, let's do this, this, that, let's make everyone better. And my biggest point, I know Bob O'Neill's waiting in the wings, but AEW, it's not healthy, them to have every good talent outside WWE. What is healthy is them as the promotion that, more WWE eyes than any other company has, right? There's people that don't watch non non WWE wrestling, but watch AEW. It's a thing. You've seen it. I realized that when Kingston went there and so many AEW fans, they didn't know he was. Like, it was clear to me, there's an audience that sees that product that doesn't see anything else. If their mindset can be what I just described, if they can be open to working, which they've shown they are, if they can actually open people's eyes and say, these promotions aren't shit, these are promotions. They're just different promotions. They can talk about Japan. They can talk about impact, maybe a ring of honor. And MLW. It's about, in terms of perception, this reframe things and look at this as this is the wider wrestling world, and there is a lot of fun shit that can happen in that world. And we don't need to always worry about what WWE is doing in its successfully isolated position, what they have achieved. They've got themselves away from that. Okay, well, let's make the wrestling world better then. You know, let's actually try and make these things happen. Let's knock down these walls. Let's actually make it vibrant and allow it to flourish. Um, this has turned into some sort of presidential speech, which was not my plan. Please bring Bob O'Neill on. History Robert O'Neill is here.
1: Hello, Robert O'Neill.
3: What's up, guys? How's it going?
1: I don't, I don't know. Joseph is – I don't know what Joseph is doing. He's crying like you yesterday on the podcast. I don't – It's bad. It's, a tough it's bad. day. Bad. O'Neill, Good. it was a tough day for you yesterday, I heard, as your favorite wrestler, Braun Strowman – got released how are you feeling today well
3: I, I mean braun Strowman's not my favorite wrestler i think it's 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 a very funny uh, bit um what i think it was very well coordinated that everyone all those videos were hilarious i'm not gonna lie but uh you know
1: i was told i was told please send bob o'neill a message his favorite wrestler braun Strowman, got released he's having a tough day joseph is messaging me he said hey uh, you know, I did the podcast with O'Neill, and just in the middle of it, he started breaking down and crying. Can you edit this out? You know, can you can you make some changes to it? I had to go in last night. I had to edit, edit everything to make sure it, it flowed because there's just a gap where Joseph is just sitting there looking at the camera, and he's like, "Well, well, <laughs> folks, Bob has left. He he's he's taking a break for now. I can hear him crying. <laughs> it could literally be heard crying in the other room." Yes. O'Neill, it was very sad. Yeah,
3: I'm doing better today, though. That's good. Good. We're glad to
1: hear that today. What are we talking about, O'Neill? Actually, I actually know. Yeah, uh, you know what we're talking on. about. This. Yeah, question. I'm. You I'm signed like, yourself up for it. I did. I did. I got my shirt on too. Let's. let's uh,
3: there we go. Oh, there we go. So
1: it's it's Robert O'Neill's penalty box, which there's no three minute penalty in hockey. You know? Yeah.
3: Like, uh, well, we're not going to do it for five minutes. We can do it for two minutes if you want, but do a double minor. No, we're not we're doing, doing four. four we can do two.
1: What if we do three minutes and then they score? on the power there we go like the Avs did last night in overtime yes all right here we go i'm gonna play the i didn't make you a graphic because i don't know how long the the penalty box is going to last we're gonna take joseph off screen he doesn't know anything about hockey it's probably gonna last one week (laughs) like if if my team wins which is not going to it's gonna it's gonna last a lifetime (laughs) all
3: right what are we talking about go ahead all right, everyone. Uh, welcome to the first edition of uh, Robert O'Neill's Penalty Box. Uh, Jeremy, thanks for joining me. You are in the penalty box today. Uh, sorry to hear that. That sucks. What? What did
1: I? Oh my god. Oh.
3: <laughs> um, but yeah, thanks for joining us. I'm glad you're able to. Uh, be on our spinoff after our success with Jack Crosby last week. Uh, you know your Colorado Avalanche are up two zero against the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, big overtime win last night. I think we should start talking about the penalty. You don't see many penalties in overtime in uh, Stanley Cup final or Stanley Cup playoff games, uh, and it was kind of cheap. I'm gonna be honest with you. I mean, he shouldn't
1: have slashed the stick well, out of his hands, O'Neill. What is Riley Smith doing? Slashing the sticks out of his hands? They missed the penalty earlier when Landis Cog gets cross checked in the face. Off the face-off, that should have been a four-minute penalty right there. So, look, I was it wasn't a little soft for an overtime, yes. But usually, when the stick gets lashed out of the hands, it's a penalty. Like had uh, said in the post-game, he said like, I if I drop my stick there and they don't call a penalty, then I'm a dude without a stick off of a face-off loss. Mm-hmm. So I don't think he intentionally did it. Like Pete DeBoer says, oh, they're embellishing and stuff.
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm a little upset because it happened with the Blackhawks uh, seven years ago against the Kings when they didn't call slash, and then Alec Martinez scored the goal to uh, send them to the Stanley Cup. So, you know, I wish they would have called it then, but, uh, you know. Alec, Mart-
1: Alec Martinez is still playing, man. He scored last night against us. I don't like that dude.
3: No, it's crazy. Um, he also, he had the goal against the Blackhawks, and didn't he have it against the Rangers too, uh, to win the Cup for them? I believe that was also him.
1: I'll I'll take your word for it. Yeah. Sure. Anyway,
3: we're not going to talk about stuff from seven years ago. Um, you know Nathan McKinnon, he's always been good, but he's really this postseason just been probably the best player in the playoffs.
1: You don't think Connor McDavid's been better in the postseason?
3: <sighs> you know my thing about Connor McDavid, he racks up points, but it's just him and the one other guy in Edmonton. They need help, man. It's dry side alone.
1: You know? come on! Yes. You gotta, you gotta get the, get these people right. Like they, I, I love, I love Nathan McKinnon. He's he's the best player in hockey to me. People are my mentions. Oh, does Alex Ovechkin not exist in the playoffs? In these playoffs, no, Alexander Ovechkin does not exist. No. He's out.
3: What year is it that we're still propping up Alex Ovechkin? Too you know? Fair, yeah, hundred um, percent. But yeah, I think the Avs are going to win the Stanley Cup. I know you don't, no, but no. They, I picked, I I picked, picked th-
1: Vegas. I'm sticking with Vegas because. Uh, look, I, I'm going with them, but I, I just don't like picking my team. I don't like setting myself up for that yeah. disappointment. I really don't.
3: Yeah, I mean, I feel that. It It's funny to me that it looks like for, like, the 29th straight year, it's not going to be a team from Canada. That's a great bit. <laughs> what did you make of that
1: hit uh, last night? Uh, Shifley. Why Shifley laying them out?
3: It's not great, man. They got to do something about it. All
1: right, we've scored on the power play. There we go.
3: It's over. Shout out goal horn. O'Neill, do you have a goal horn? Uh, No, I have. You know what I do have? And I'm going to play it. You'll like this. Okay. <laughs> Hold on. It's taking a minute. Clearly. say stuff. <laughs> Hold on. I'm just playing on my computer. It'll be fine.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's very stressed, then, like, you know? Oh, my gosh. You should drop
1: off a cliff when O'Neill comes on to talk hockey, cool. which, I mean, that's fair, honestly. Oh there we go. That's the penalty killed. Yeah I know.
3: I wanted to play it. I knew you'd like it. And there we go. Yeah,
1: that's it's a Yav's uh penalty kill there from the from Mario. <laughs> uh, I do enjoy that. All right, O'Neal, you're gone. Joseph talking about anything else. Uh, we some <laughs> questions. Should we hear some questions before we hop out of here? Yes. Uh we got we got questions from uh the distraction choice members, uh, patreon.com slash the distraction. You can send us questions, and be, you know, we'll, we'll answer them here on the, on the main show.
2: What do we got, James? Mm-hmm. So we've got seven questions. Would you like to hit them all now, or would you like to save some? What do you, what do you want me to do? Uh, we can save some for Twitch. Okay, I'll pick out... Okay, this is, this is a good one from Jake. Jake actually sent a basketball question and a resting one, because he has respect for our time. We appreciate that. So we'll, we'll, do, we'll hit both for the sake of uh, content and then we'll leave the rest for the for the Twitch. We'll do that, right? That's, that seems fair. That's fair. Now we'll start with wrestling because you just did five minutes on hockey, and I feel people, would, you know, <laughs> the um, early predictions for heavyweight, women's tag, and TNT titles are all out. Any big surprise debuts? Um, ideally, the Samoan Joe question mark, which of course is a reference to my father, not Roman Reigns. Um. Okay. Now, this is interesting, I thought it would be a fun one. we could we could kind of conclude here because we don't talk about AW enough on our podcast, so. Um, Today we didn't. I mean, we kind of did. I did a lot of that, you know, fed bad, AW good thing, which Phil hate. Yeah. Um, Hangman and Omega, we're locking in, right? Yeah. feels like like Saturn. Yeah. Okay. We'll lock that in, and I think we both think title change, correct? Yes. Britt Baker, Thunder Rosa, or is the NWO stuff too messy? I, I said
1: I don't remember if I said it on Twitch. I don't remember if I said it on the, the post show here on YouTube. I, I think it's I think it's Rosa. I think you go back to that mm-hmm. match uh, for, for the title. That's I don't think the NWA stuff is messy at all. I think if t- Tony Khan is like, hey, we're gonna use her for this pay-per-view, uh, Corgan's not in much of a position to be like, uh, yeah. no. So no, I, I think I think it's Thunder Rosa at all out.
2: What is the alternative?
1: Uh, if they sign somebody, I mean they'll have some contracts up by by the end of it. Like
2: Mickey James could be interesting.
1: Mickey, yeah. Chelsea. I mean, you could do a crossover with Deanna, uh, if, if she loses mm-hmm. the title, or even if she doesn't lose the title, Serena Deeb is is an option too. Like they got options. I, I think yeah. it's I think it's Statlander, somebody mentioned in the chat. There you go. I, I think it's Thunder
2: Rosa though. Could also be Ty Conti, right? There's actually there is some, yeah. some names on there. Have they done Britain Ty? Do, uh, did I work Serena? She worked, That was her big match, right? I want to say. I'll double check on, on Britain. Okay, uh, go ahead. Um, it's, it's nice that we actually have fill up with a couple of options there, even if some of them were outside the company. It is, it is cool. Now, interesting one is what about the tag tiles? Uh, the Brit- Bucks? Go ahead. Britain's I have not wrestled in a single. There you go. So the Bucks are interesting. I think there's a real chance. So i mentioned this on Twitch, or maybe it was last week's so actual show, Jack. Is there a chance we leave all out with John Silver, Reynolds, and Pages champs? You know, I they put I the tags on. That. I think I said Yeah, that, you meant. Uh, yeah. Okay. Was the <laughs> chat? okay. Is that where we're going? That's actually – it's either that or um, Santana and Ortiz, I feel.
1: It could be Santana or Ortiz. I still feel like you got to get them away from Inner Circle if you're going to do right. that. Um I, I, I'm i thinking it's Dark Order. I said Silver and Reynolds, and you're also – and then Hangman as well. I kind of think, like, it's a Dark Order night at
2: All Out. People would pop for that huge, right? Like, Silver yeah. actually being the guy that gets a pin on the box. Like, okay, I'm with yeah. that. TNT is probably the hardest to predict because it's the least long-term reliant, right? It's like it could be a whole bunch of guys. Um, Miro will obviously still be the champion. I'm pretty sure he'll leave the pay per championship. I think he's going to have this belt for some time. So it's like
1: disagree. Here's my big, here's my okay. big pitch to you, Joseph. Is it is it Cody again? It's Cody. Right. It's Andrew Cody.
2: Andrew has made he's fueled you this shit <laughs> and you you refuse. Um, I think Pack is a candidate for this. Yeah, you know? I could see them doing. I know they like to feature Pack pretty high on the card. He didn't get pinned on the Sunday, so it's not like one of those cases where they're going to go. We don't want to beat him too often. What? So
1: what if it's Orange in
2: Miro? Maybe I I wouldn't go back to them too that quickly because even though it was mostly about tag, they were linked in the whole, I would give that some more time basically, you know, the whole best friend stuff. Yeah. fair. It's interesting. The TNT one's obviously the the hardest to, um, to kind of nail down, but any big surprise debut, I think we all, someone, if they're doing a woman's bar, one of these names is going to be the Joker, right? I'm going to guess Ruby. That's that'll be my just guess. Um, she she
1: would be free. Uh, Alistair Black said September right. is when September second is when his expires. I assume that's for everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, one of them is definitely going to be the Joker. Ruby's a good shout. I don't know if it'll be her. Yeah. I, I'm kind of leaning towards it, it being Chelsea as the Joker.
2: Okay, that's interesting. All right. As for the Samoan Joe, where are we at on the Samoan Joe?
1: I think he comes in earlier
2: than All Out. Do you think he's an AEW guy? Yes. See, this is not a scoop, but a lot of the powers are on this impact thing, man.
0: Hmm.
2: You know, and when I say powers, like, you know, they're people that, they're not reporting it to me. They're just like, you know, they check Twitter likes and shit like that. They're all on this impact thing. And I, I just think it's like, such an ill fit, but maybe, I don't know. I guess they pay well enough and they let you work elsewhere. Like, I, I've always felt, people can go back to the first shaft of the release, it's like, I always felt Joe was an AEW guy. Yeah. Because it's just like, it makes my sense financially, schedule-wise, all of the above. Even the way they do their TV, he could be a promo guy for them. So, yeah, I, I actually tend to agree. I think he'll be in first. Um Andrade, what's the, Andrade is like, well, I, I, he's waited so long to move that now there's like 15 free agents been added since he left. <laughs>
1: just I, tremendous. I, I think he's just doing whatever he kind of wants. I think he ends yeah. up kind of with ROH because he likes hanging out uh, with his guys. He's with, uh, you know, Federacion Wrestling with with those guys, the Incobernables guys. So I kind of think that's where he's at. And I do think like he's a guy who sort of ends up back in WWE as well. He's talked mm-hmm. about, he still wants to be WWE champion. Obviously Charlotte's there and everything. Uh, I, I just kind of think he has these, these cool matches and everything hangs with his buddies and then just ends up back in WWE.
2: That's going to be a really interesting kind of like narrative to form. The guys that intend to go back, if they're less, if they're more hesitant to go to AEW, you know, that would be interesting to see because it wouldn't surprise me at all. Now, but the question we really want, Jake, has a basketball question, and it is an absolute all-timer. Here we go. Oh I'll start with the less interesting one because the other one is tremendous. Who is the most fun player to watch in the league? He suggests it's between uh, Luca and Dame. I think both is going to go with Steph.
1: Yeah, Steph is still very fun. Dame, Dame though, is yeah, he's the only. other night. That was. I said <laughs> Luca too. Like dude, that Mavericks team sucks. Like, did you see that stat that Luca scored or assisted on all six? Yes. That what? <laughs> like ridiculous. in a playoff
2: win? Like what? Huh? Is... Yeah, they can't
1: do anything about it. either. they've
2: got all these no. great defenders and they can't stop.
1: No, it's that tremendous. absolutely insane. That number. Yeah, yes. I, I'm going with Steph, Dame, and and Luca are right there though. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but it's still Steph. That dude is tremendous to watch.
2: No, I agree. Um, This one is speaking of wing defenders on the Clippers. Where does Nick Petern rank on your list of guys you want to shoot down (laughs) one under ten seconds left in the game? (laughs) Can we can Um, we talk about this, Joseph? I got a hot take. I got a hot
1: take for you, Joseph. All right, you ready? Kawhi Leonard, Demar Derozan
2: with a couple lucky bounces. That's all he is. That's all he is, Joseph. When I close my eyes at night, I still see the fuck up in the in the Raptors jersey, getting a switch on JJ Reddick and going after him. It's horrible. It's I, I would never slander the call. I'm 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 too fearful. I get of
1: it. Me. I get you can't slander him, but this is this is embarrassing performances from this guy last sure. season oh, and this season. Like he's just not doing. His fourth quarter last night was was terrible. I guess yes. quarters throughout these, these playoff with the Clippers haven't been good. The, I love the slander Paul George. I love it. But Kawhi has not been good, man. He just hasn't.
2: Have you considered it's my fault? Because I have. <laughs> um, I was in on the Clippers again. Then com- could confirm they were actually bad once more, which was not surprising to me, but was sort of a blow to my prediction they would come out the West. <laughs> By then, at soon and down, concluded, they would actually be swept. Only for them to win the next two games in a fashion that I said the Clippers will once again win this series, only for <laughs> them to lose immediately after I did that. If we considered it is not my like it may in fact not be Kawhi's thought. it could be mine. I've considered this. Alfred uh Kawhi isn't a two-way
1: guy either right now. He's he's just letting Patrick Beverly switch on to Luca instead of guarding himself. I there don't you go. Like, truly truly believe this, but. Man, the Kawhi ain't getting enough. This is where the rings culture like works in reverse here, Joseph. Cause yeah. when Toronto won the ring, everyone's like, oh Kawhi, like you, you might be the best player in the league, right? Like mm-hmm. definitely like top two, top three. It's like, man, like I and I was kind of one of these people. He's good, but
2: <sighs> this clippers run, man. This clippers run. You know who's an interesting one with the rings culture? Because he's you? not got a ring. Jimmy Butler talk was interesting this year. Now, I avoid Jimmy because I never want to come across bitter or like a scorned blubber. I did love him on the Sixers. I still like him a lot. Hey, if PG as first option plays the way Jimmy did, he may just get sniped. He may just get taken out and removed from the league.
3: I mean, yeah, it was, I was going insane. by Grin Forbes.
2: Didn't he shoot like, 29, it was like 29% from the floor? It was bad. Was he was locked, locked in. Too. Imagine if he wasn't locked
1: in. He <laughs> was locked in. <laughs> he was locked in.
2: Yes. And yeah. now they've got to make that decision. You've seen this? Like he's Jimmy's looking for like 50 mil a year at 36, bro. Seems bad. Yeah. It's yeah. tough. It's, the NBA is so hard, bro. Like, like yeah. last season to people that like they're in a good position, and then now it's you know, look at the Celtics. One of the questions, actually, before we get out of here, I'll do this. Bud Ryan asked. Tremendous graphic man, Bud Ryan, boy. He said, uh, who do we think the Celtics' new head coach will be? And are you confident that Stevens in the front office makes them better at all? Look, I think a new just a new leadership is good. We all agree on that much. Like they needed a new approach to this. As for the coach, great first names they're looking at, huh? Good job, guys. My,
1: my friend, my, I told my friend uh Jason Kidd was on the list. And he's like, This guy either has the best or the worst agent because he gets all of these interviews,
2: but none of these jobs. <laughs> Dude, if he's the guy, like, if he actually gets this job, it will be an all time grin for me. I will be very just because you know where it's going to go. It did surprise me that, though, didn't you? I was shocked that that was the way they were going. Like, it really caught me when I saw that he was trending. Uh, Brent said, I was like, Oh, they fired him. That shot me. And then, I, and then I realized what was going on. It was like, Man, they want to. They're going to start getting rid of them second-round picks, I guess. Huh? Ange ain't going to keep them anymore, locked away. It'll be interesting.
1: Uh, Bill Simmons is going to be the new coach, is my guess.
2: What a fault. <laughs> <laughs> just what a fault that is. Every mid-range shot or when there's a centre on the floor, he's just like, just it's over. We're done. We're done here. <laughs> Tatum's gone. It did fuck with the Sixers. The Sixers played very spirited basketball last night, and I loved watching them. But the Simmons at the centre figure is, like, such a just meme at this point, you know? Like, you know, go, well, you can do so many things. with it's like, Doc's not going to do any of these things. He just stands in the dunkers. <laughs> like, it's fine. Like, he, can, he can play as any because he's a uh, great – he can basically guard a five of, like, the ones they have he can deal with, right? Like, unless you're going to, you know, get a guy like Embiid, ironically. he'll be fine. But the idea that we're going to run this really creative offence, like, not really – Ben just comes up and hands it off, and then goes to the dunker spot. He yeah. could play at the one, two, three, four, or five. It's not going to do anything different, but nonetheless, I won't talk about the six anymore because it hurts my feelings. So, yeah, we'll leave it.
1: They're, they're moving on. They're moving yeah, on. Yeah, but it's
2: it's it's over, bro. And Embiid's like the, the way they talk about Embiid is one of those deals where you just know, like, he's not. Yeah. You know, it's just a bummer because he's had such a good season. So, oh well,
1: here's what it is, folks. It'll be fine. Do you think? Do you think he beat the Hawks?
2: If Embiid can play at, like, you know, two-thirds of his own level, then yes. If Embiid doesn't get on the floor, it's a shootout, man, because they've got, they've got scorers. Our offence isn't good with Embiid particularly, let alone <laughs> about him. It's not, you know, it's rough. It's difficult. It bums me out. But, like, we all know the situation with Embiid, right? Like, shit happens. I'm not say every surprised they got hurt. Like, I'm a familiar pain to me. <laughs>
1: Make some bold predictions for tonight, Joseph. Suns point guard, my guy, my fellow point guard Chris Paul. They
2: get it done. He's a massive guy. I, mean, I didn't actually watch the last game because I was watching uh, uh, Portland, Denver, and they had the score in the top row, and I was like, "Oh, they're down forty points. I'm not going to be taking yeah. that one." <laughs> um, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm, you know, in the same way that I'm done with the Clippers. I'm like with LeBron. I'm like, I ain't, I ain't rushing to doubt him. You know? Yeah. The the other guys were like historically bad, historically bad in that last game. So Shrewd got zero points. Right? Yes, yeah. So like, my instincts are they take this to the game seven, which I think as a fan I would like. Just as a neutral, right, it's the most fun. But there's a chance this team just kind of sucks without AD, and there's no shame in that. Like this happens; it does happen. I don't know if the team like sucks
1: without AD. I mean, clearly they're they're different. I just think, like, they need the two stars, right? Like, that's they're, – they're a two-star team, and without LeBron – or w- without AD and with just LeBron, it's it's just different, right? Like, it's just yes. – the, the rest of those guys,
2: just not quite not quite good enough. It's, it's, it's interesting, though, because in Schroeder – and even, like, Harrell and Gasol, they added guys that, in theory – should have more like offensive weapons than a guy like a Danny Green who just stands and shoots it. You know? Yes. But because of how Shrewd is playing and the fact that Montreal's general issues that we've seen foreign playoffs have reared their head again. They seem like a lesser than team when they really should be better this group should be better suited to play about AD than last year's. But I watching them, I don't even know that will be the case. Like Shrewd is just, I don't know. It's not worked out. I assume he's not going to get that contract he was looking for. That's what I would guess. Yeah, he probably should have taken uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> that money. But mm-hmm. uh, what What can you, you know?
2: He wasn't... I fru- wasn't mean, man.
1: Like, go God,
2: The Gasol stuff is like... I just play Gasol. Like, I know he looks kind of, like, old and shitty sometimes. But like, he just... like. Upstairs, he's operating on such a different level than Drummond and <laughs> Montrezl Harold. You know, like just, just play him, dude. Like they
1: they gave Harold that big uh, that big contract, and like he can't he can't get on the floor.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that was what the Clippers fan said should have happened, but Doc like refused yeah. to take him off. Right? And Doc just was like, analytics suck, uh, which is definitely an approach to have while Daryl Murray is now your GM. I will not comment on that any further either. When did this become NBA tonight? I don't know, man, about 18 months ago.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's what it's always been.
2: Watch the product. <laughs> so we give you guys some like heavy rest. My voice actually went up in tone a couple of times. I was getting fired up. I'm very hot here. It's, the heat is it's getting tough here in, in, in Britain, folks. I mean, I know you don't think it's like ever sunny here, but sometimes <laughs> it gets kind of hot. By the way, I do have to send a happy birthday wish to Akash Sharma, who in the chat asked me to send him one about 90 minutes ago, but i decided to wait to the end of the show, and I know he's not watching. Um, a mentor of mine. He claimed this morning, Jeremy, that he taught me how to write, uh, which I would suggest is not true, because he met when I was about 20. But nonetheless, uh, happy birthday to him. Best wishes if he's somehow still watching this program, and all that good stuff. We will see you on the Twitch for the post show.
1: I saw a Cash post out in the chat, and I was going to bring it up, and I didn't know if uh, you know, it was... Was legit or not? I didn't know if he was trolling, you know? Wasn't sure. um Oh, well, Chris Paul should get 100 million a year. You kidding me? He should get whatever he wants. It's the point, God. And Alfred, I, I'm glad Kawhi had, had good scoring games in those games. What did he do? What's he been doing in the fourth quarter of these games? Huh? What's he been doing in the fourth quarter? Wasn't good. Not good. Got to close these games if you're Kawhi Leonard. Phil Lindsay's here. I should bring Phil on for some basketball talk. Phil, he you is? want to join? Yeah, he's in the chat. Phil, you want to uh, join us on Twitch for some basketball talk? Uh, shoot me a DM. All right, everybody. Joseph, plug some stuff. No. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we'll be on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Gaming. Come hang out. We'll probably keep talking basketball. Uh, I don't know. We, we had questions from our, our Patreon. We'll answer those. Um, what else? What else we got? Uh, Patreon.com slash the Distraction. Do that. You can go there. Give us a dollar. Give us more than a dollar, you know? Give us more than a dollar. Um, I'm glad the Clippers aren't getting swept. They're supposed to They're supposed to win the title. They might lose to a team with one player. One player. Have you seen Chris? The Mavericks played Bobon last night, Joseph.
2: Bro, I'm, listen, I'm not doing this. clip. I've told you I'm ride or die with the Clippers for some reason. I know why I do this myself. I assume they're winning the championship, Jeremy. I've told you this before. <laughs> you know, you're not gonna convince me to so go home. I don't know why. I'm scared of Kawhi. Stop making me slander Kawhi. I'm scared of him. Please, man.
1: Good are probably gonna win the title and I'm not stupid. <laughs> That's fine. We'll talk to everybody later on.